Hello and welcome to Death by Southwest episode bonus episode three lookup list. I am, I don't think I need to introduce myself because people probably know who we are if they're listening to the bonus episodes, but just in case, I'm Margo. And I'm Jenna. And uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do a lookup list for episode three, which was the story of the murder of Mariah Wilson, the professional cyclist in Austin, Texas. I'm going to be real transparent here. Me and Jenna just recorded this whole thing and it was really good. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I was like, shit, did I ever press record? And I never pressed record. So, so we just fake recorded the whole thing. Yeah, we just we just did like a practice run of the whole thing, which is kind of a bummer. But I do think a lot of these facts are pretty interesting. So we're going to um, we're going to just do it again. And Jenna's going to pretend like she doesn't know what I just told her, which I may not because I have a really <laughs> bad memory. Um. And let me preface this by saying that um, my dog Henry is chewing on a bone. So you might hear some like cracking and chewing noises, but it's keeping him a lot more calm than if he wasn't chewing on the bone, then he'd be real annoying. So we're going to let him do it. Uh, okay, so first thing written down on the lookup list is, is Austin part of the Southwest? We had talked about that a little bit, that maybe it wasn't considered part of the Southwest, um, and then some people said it, it was like right on the edge of the Southwest. When I think of the Southwest, I think of all of Texas. Me too. Yeah. So I found three different um, resources that said kind of three-ish different things. What were the resources? I don't know. Okay, you can cut that. <laughs> were they reputable resources? They were. Well, at least one of them is reputable resources. Um, so... The first thing I found says that Austin is kind of, it it doesn't discern whether it's southwest, southeast, south, anything. It says Austin is located within the middle of a unique, narrow, transitional zone between the dry deserts of the American southwest and the lush, green, more humid regions of the American southeast, which sounds reasonable. What's to the east of Texas? Um... I know this because I've driven this so many times. Alabama, no. Alabama, Louisiana. Okay. Hmm. I think Louisiana, then Alabama. Then like Florida? Then Georgia, hmm. then Florida. <laughs> well, Florida's below Georgia. Like I, all of that to me is the South. Like the South, like Charleston, or South Carolina, North Carolina. To me, when I say South, I think of that area. Texas, over? South Texas. New Mexico, uh, New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, mm-hmm. Southwest to me. Me too. Me too. And but again, I think it's, I don't know, again, did I say this in the episode? It might be subjective. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it is. So the South, so the Southwestern United States, I, this is another fact that I found, um, is a geographic and cultural region that generally includes Arizona and New Mexico for sure. And then adjacent portions of California, Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, Texas, and Utah. And you said New Mexico is always there. New Mexican, New Mexico and Arizona are like always Southwest. It's interesting you said cultural, not just geographical, but cultural. And I'd like to know on our second lookup list what the cultural aspects are 
that contribute to some area, mm. state, geographical region being part of the Southwest? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I would, I don't know. And I'm not going to take a guess because I don't know. But, um, and then the one thing, the one other fact that I found that contradicts that is according to the U.S. Census Bureau, the South is composed of Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, West Virginia, Maryland, the District of Columbia, Delaware, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. And to me, that is wrong. Once you get to West Virginia, uh, D.C., Delaware, Maryland, no. Once you came back, in my mind, once you yeah. came back down to Florida and Georgia, sure. Tennessee, Kentucky, yeah. Alabama. Yep. Yeah, that's that to me is all the South. Oklahoma's pretty far west to be the South. And I, it's kind of central. I thought it's central. middle. It's kind of middle, yeah. yeah. So... I don't know. In my head, I agree with this this last fact that is, you know, Arizona and New Mexico, obviously, and portions of California, Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, Texas, and Utah. And for mm-hmm. our purposes, I think that, that that's pretty much the definition we're using. Yep. Although we haven't, I haven't been looking for crimes in Oklahoma, and maybe I should. Maybe in the southern part of Oklahoma, it would be appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Again, I guess I think of Oklahoma and I think of tornado row kansas well sure yeah. oh is tornado row in oklahoma i don't know i don't know what tornado row is. oh the the region of i believe oklahoma uh the, the region of the u.s that has the most uh, tornado like tornado the tornado alley okay like the plains yeah lands. yeah I, but again the south of oklahoma could be well and because texas gets tornadoes too I mean, lots of places do nowadays. Yeah, because the earth is just dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so this one was an interesting one. You know, uh, Mariah was a professional cyclist and Colin was a cyclist. And Caitlin with a K was also uh, in the past a cyclist. Um, and so we were, we were, I think in the episode I had said like, you know, Mariah, she was a biker. And you, you were like, no, that's not the right term. A biker is a motorcycle rider, not a bike, a bicyclist. And so you were totally correct in saying that. Um, I found uh, an article that said a cyclist or a bicyclist is someone who rides a bicycle. A biker is someone who rides a motorcycle. And that these terms are an ongoing subject of controversy, of controversy, especially in the cyclist community, but it's best to refer to groups of people as they refer to themselves. I like that. And also, mm-hmm. is it is it really that controversial? I, I mean, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I'm not a biker or a cyclist. Mm. Well, I would imagine that cyclists, serious cyclists who are like, like for a living, professional, they are, you know, they want to be referred to it. They don't want to be like... I'm just riding a bike. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then I picture like, bikers like a biker gang is like I don't care what you call me and that that might be wrong too they might actually care hmm. um but I guess I try and put um if I try and put myself in this position so my job entails a multitude of different things but if somebody asks me what I do I say I'm a producer mm-hmm. if if someone referred to me as a you know a an entertainment worker or a social media worker <laughs> or something like, you know, I can't think of a term that somebody sure, referred yeah, to. Sure, yeah, it matters. So somebody you. referred to me as something that, that was vastly different than what I actually am. Or kind of makes it seem like less, not mm-hmm. even less than, but just like, yeah, yeah, not as, 
you know, very general. Right. Like, because I think most people take pride in what they do. You want to be referred to as correctly. So we wrote down shell casings and I found, I'm going to be honest, I found so much information on guns and ammunition and shell casings that like it made me a little bit dizzy and confused because there's a lot of terminology associated with it that's that I'm not familiar with. We talked about this because they found shell casings near Mariah's body that they ultimately ended up not 100%, but like very close to 100% matching to um, Caitlin with a K's Sig Sauer. And I'm I'm guessing we wrote this down or you wrote this down to like how accurate is it or how do you match a shell casing to a gun Yeah, or can a shell casing, is it not... Um, specific to just one type of gun. Right. So I I found some information about this. I found too much information for me to really honestly sort through. So I'm going to share a quote. And then we thought we would maybe ask uh, Mark because he's going to be coming over a little bit later. And he knows a lot more about guns than us. So maybe he could explain it in like a more concise way. We'll find out. We'll find out. He, he does tend to ramble. So we'll see. It'll be a more accurate way. Accurate. That's right. Not concise. That's totally true. Um, okay. So we talked about uh, shell casings on the epi- on the bonus lookup list episode earlier. We were saying that neither of us were necessarily experts on this. So we brought on Mark, who knows quite a bit about guns, to kind of explain how when they found the shell casings next to Mariah's body, and then they found Caitlin with a case, Sig Sauer, how they were able to, or why they were able to kind of connect those shell casings to the gun. So I want Mark to tell us, kind of explain what a shell casing is, and then tell us how you can connect a shell casing to a specific gun. I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but. Hold it closer to your mouth. Yes, ma'am. Okay, <laughs> good. So anyways, each shell casing is unique to the caliber. So if you have a 9mm or a forty-five, so that can help narrow it down to the caliber of gun that was used if they can't find bullets or a body. But it, each gun is unique in the sense that when the shell gets ejected or when it's fired, you know, it may hit the slide or the hammer or something in the gun as it gets ejected, especially with older firearms. So it gives you a kind of a a signature on it. Okay. What's a shell casing though? The shell casing is the brass in which the bullet is held where the powder is. Okay. So, so the the full, once the gun is fired, the shell casing gets ejected from the gun. If it's an automatic and it falls out and it falls out. Okay. So if they found these shell casings next to this body, how did they, how were they able to then, then they had a suspect and they were like, well, she has a Sig Sauer. She's a suspect. We have these shell casings. How did they connect those? Well, there's, you know, there's millions of those guns out there, but with that particular gun, because of the way it was milled and designed, when the shell, when the gun is fired and the bullet goes off, it will expand inside the barrel, the shell casing will. So that will like size it to that particular gun or at least that model of gun. And like I said, certain guns, like if they get her gun, then they can take it and test fire it and see if they have any of the same type of markings. Like sometimes the ejector will put a certain scratch on a bullet for a certain type of gun. So when they have that, they can narrow it down. And you may not, it might not be 100% perfect to that gun, but 
you know. It's pretty close. Pretty close, and you're a suspect in a murder. They know that it was a 9 millimeter, and it was probably shot out of a 6 hour, and you happen to have one, you know. Okay, gives you so away. the can you look at a shell casing and know that this shell casing came from a 6 hour? If you have a database. What do you mean? So like the FBI, uh, local law enforcement, they shoot all these guns, and they have a database of like how that shell reacts in that type of gun. So that gives you... So like could, a, ba- a baseline. So yeah. So yes, they could look at the shell casing and be like, "Oh, this is a six. Hour. This is from a six hour." Yes. Okay. And then if they have this, they have a six hour that they think might be a match. They can test it, and there will be evidence on the shell casings or on the bullet. On the shell casings and the bullet, the shell casings help because they find it, and then if they can narrow it down to a gun, then if they get a warrant for that gun, they can fire it, and if they have one of the bullets from the body or the in a wall casing? or something. No, the actual bullet. Oh. Because guns are, you know, generally milled the same, but if I have a pistol that I shot a thousand rounds from and you have one that you shot 50 rounds from or one round from, it's going to be different. It's going to be different because the barrel wears down every time. So that's like the actual fingerprint. So they use the shell casing to narrow down what it's from or caliber oh. and then. If they can recover a bullet, that's generally how they match them up. That's a actually, Jen. That's a great like we didn't include this in the lookup list. Maybe a follow up. Did they find bullets in Mariah's body? Were they through and through, or were the bullets in her body? And were they able to then compare those? Put the give her the microphone. I'm not sure because. They only found the shell, or what you shared with me is they only found shell casings, which right. the shell casings are the ones that fall kind of near where right. the person shooting the gun is, correct? Oh, I don't know. Do they fight? Do they fall near where the person shooting the gun is or where the bullet hits? No, it's where you're standing. If you're holding the uh, handgun and you shoot it, they they generally, most guns are pretty consistent and throw in the same pattern, but if you move around, they're going to eject. But like I said, they're random, so some guns throw them. 10 feet, some of them throw them five feet. So if you're in a situation where you just shot somebody, you're probably not going to be scrambling around looking for that. Okay, so give her the mic. So the shell casings were found right near Mariah's body, which tell us that Caitlin was standing extremely close. uh, Mark will have to confirm that. To me, it means she was standing kind of still. And by the type of gun? Yeah, oh, a gun shoots, uh, drops casings in a different way. Yeah, but if they were found really close to her body, that means most likely they were standing at close proximity. Okay. Okay. Where? Yeah, where am I being? Uh, chest area, I believe. And they didn't recover any bullets because it seems like they. I don't know. That's a great question. That's that's something to add to our they look up. The shells, they found the shells, but I never read anything about it. They found the bullets. They would still find it in the wall or something, yeah. That's yeah, right. but there's also like hollow point rounds. Jenna is not type. on a mic, so she just said even if the bullet went through and through, you we would find the bullets in the wall. I don't. I'm not. Assu- I'm assuming that they didn't, and they were in her body. I didn't actually look that deeply into it, so that's our lookup list. Lookup list. Yeah, most likely with a bullet, even if it's like a hollow point, even like one of the ones that are like totally ready to explode, they generally have like the very tail end of it. That they can examine. Hmm. Okay. I have one more question. Now, if, so they, whoever they are, the police. Investigators, yeah. Find the shells. 
If they were to find the bullets, which come out of the shell casings, would the bullets give more information than the shells could give? Oh, good question. Uh, most likely, yes. Depending on if it was like fragmented bullet and they're trying to reconstruct it. But like I said, even the shell casings, like... Guns, the shell casings guns identify are, that it's a Sig Sauer. Yeah, like guns are mass manufactured, but they generally have their own signature. Like I said, like a the ejector on a Sig Sauer that's been fire, fired a thousand times will be looser, more aggressive, and will... Generally like leave a, a different, print. yeah, a different scar on it, and Strangian. you know they they fire ten rounds out of it, and they're all really close to the ones that they found. Kind of gives you a thing, but it sounds like if she was shot, they probably found some sort of fragmented bullet, which they matched it up with. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you, um, gun expert extraordinaire. You're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. Um. Okay, so this one is one of my favorite ones, and uh, we, you know, I think this ca- this conversation came about about things that cops can lie to you about because I, I think it was like a spinoff, a little side conversation you and me had because they, remember they brought Caitlin with a K in on May twelfth. She had a warrant out for her arrest for like dipping out on a Botox payment, mm-hmm. and that's how they brought her in. But then when they got her in there, they asked her only about the murder because they were already looking at her. So in a way, it was that was like a not a lie because they really could legitimately mm-hmm. bring her in on that. That mm-hmm. was a reason for a warrant for her arrest. Mm-hmm. But that's not really what they wanted to know about, right? Right. So yeah. I think that that kind of like spawned this yeah. conversation that we had about what cops can lie about. And you had said if you, you know, if you think someone's a cop and you ask them, are you a cop? They can say or they have to tell you the truth. And you said in the episode, you had said that's not correct, and you were right. I think a lot of people think that maybe we've heard it on TV or yep. whatever, and something. Yeah. Um. Hey, are you a cop? No. Oh, great. Do yep. you want to buy some whatever drugs? Right. And that's yeah. not true. Yeah. If you ask somebody if they're a cop, they do not have to tell you that they're a cop. Um. So, and in fact, police deception is currently allowed in every state but it might be starting to change in a small way. Unfortunately, not a way that would affect us, but um, in Illinois, Oregon, and Utah, they have passed legislation to to protect juveniles from the use of police deception during interrogations. But the use of these tactics against adults is completely legal in all 50 states. Um, Why do you think that is? Well, I don't even mean why, because I mean, they want to get to the bottom of who did it, whatever it is. But still, that feels like I think it seems... No wonder people don't trust cops. Well, I think it should... <laughs> right. I, I think it shouldn't be allowed because... Well, I don't, I don't know. I, as soon as I said that, I almost take it back. God, I, I had an example of... I, I think it was in a TV show or a movie. And, and it was like... It wasn't this serious. It wasn't cops. It was like a a, a boyfriend and a girlfriend or something. And, and they said like... You know, I... They lied about something to, to get trap them. them. Yes, to trap entrapment exactly, and so it 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 just it so, seems like it shouldn't be allowed. So I guess entrapment to some degree is allowed slash legal. Yeah, for, uh, in the law enforcement realm. Yeah. Um, so I found a handful of things uh, on a couple of different sites that cops can legally lie to you about. So. And I feel like this is important for everybody to know because you never know. Um, 
you never know what situation you might find yourself in. So they can lie to you about having your fingerprints at a crime scene, which is so, I mean, that's a big lie. Like some, your neighbor's murdered and they just, for whatever reason, think you are involved. They could say to you, we have your fingerprints at the crime scene. Like when they actually don't, that's a bit, I don't know, that's a big lie. Um, well, and then that starts to instill fear and anxiety mm-hmm. and overthinking and not that if you didn't murder the person you're gonna end up I don't think thinking you murdered them sure but you're gonna start getting in your head about what how could have I contributed or what did I do wrong it's really it, it you know you've well I don't know I've seen on whatever tv shows documentaries people who are in interrogations for like 15 hours to the point where they just admit to something that they didn't even do and I, I, I still even now struggle. I've never experienced that. But I cannot imagine, no matter how long you question me in a room, ever admitting to murdering or raping or some heinous crime, if I, know, if I did not do it, I can't imagine ever actually just being like, I'm so exhausted of this, I'm just going to say yes. Me neither, but I think it's not as cut and dry, and I don't really know, because I've never been in that situation either, but I think it's maybe more like, if they were like a friend of the cousin of the someone who did it, and they had met the person who was murdered, and maybe they like shut the door in their, you know, I don't know, where they kind of break them down, and then the person will say like, well, you know, whatever, yeah, I guess I did slam the door in their face, and then I didn't answer their phone call like kind of yeah. things that could have not been like first degree murder but like yeah there's a word for that they're um like corrobor- incriminating themselves exactly or something yeah. like that i don't know if that's the word um anyways so yes having your fingerprints at a crime scene have it the cops can lie about having an eyewitness they can lie about the ability to obtain a search warrant which i think is a big one because like I think you had mentioned this before. If they show up at your door and they're like, you know, we want to search your place and you say, no, where's your search warrant? They say, well, we can just easily get one. You know, in your head, you might think, well, if they can easily get one, I'm just going to let them in. Right. Why am I going to sit here for four hours while they get it? Right. Well, Well, you might want to get rid of some things, I guess. But either way, a lot of people I think would say like, fine, come in if you're just going to get a search warrant anyways, when maybe they wouldn't have. Well, and here's the thing. If you're, if you didn't, do the crime I think a lot of people saying no you have to uh, or like questioning that they could get a search warrant or something kind of makes them feel like oh does this make me seem more uh, guilty mm-hmm. and also if a cop comes in my home not that there's anything overtly illegal but like they're gonna find something that they don't want to find or that they could say is matching this thing or I don't know yes well, and I have something to say on that topic in, in a second. But um, so they can also lie about the severity of your sentence. Say like you'll get more or you'll get less if you this or that. Um, they can I lie. That, I think that one's a big one. Totally. If you give us a bit more information. We'll give you a We'll give you sentence. a much lesser sentence. Yeah. And that's, Here's all the information. Oh, you're booked to the maximum. Well, in, in the episode that comes out Monday, I'm not going to say too much, but that conversation came up again because you can be offered immunity. Oh, we'll give you immunity if you share this and then you don't actually get immunity. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, 
They can lie about having your DNA. They can lie about saying that you are being recorded via audio or video. They can lie about offering you a beverage when it's really a way to capture DNA. Um, that's can, like a different kind of lie. Yeah, it's a. That's, it's like a. It's like a baiting. Yep. They can tell you that you failed a test, such as a polygraph or a drug test. Um, they can say that a victim identified you from a photo, even if that hasn't happened. They can lie and say that an accomplice has confessed. So like if you and me both get arrested and we're in two separate rooms, we like, Jenna already confessed, even if you haven't. Mm-hmm. And um, they could couple some of these. Like Jenna already confessed. So if you give us the rest of the information, we'll give you a lesser sentence. Yep. And they can lie. And they can lie about warning you that it's your last chance to tell your side of the story. Like if you don't tell us now, you're going to jail and that's it, even if that's not true. Um, so the moral of all of that, and I'm sure there's more than those, but those were kind of the main ones. But the moral of all of that is keep your mouth shut. Um, I found two two little bits from different articles I think are very well said that if you're in police custody, request a lawyer and refuse to answer questions until legal aid arrives. You have this um, lawyer, Litwack, says, you have a right to shut up, use it. Right to remain silent. Yes, exactly. And then this kind of relates to what you are saying earlier, um, that even if you know that you're innocent, you never know how your words could be used against you. So staying silent is more than your right. It's your best strategy. It's your benefit. Yeah, it's it's your best bet of just if you know you're innocent, that's your best chance. Say nothing. If you know you're anything. Yeah. But it's, yeah. especially if you know you're innocent. You're right. If you know you're anything, but especially if you know you're innocent, shut up. Because I think I might think if I say I need a lawyer stat, then it's like, oh, that makes me seem like I've done something wrong. Right. Ultimately, it doesn't matter even if that cop or person investigator thinks, oh, well, they're asking for a lawyer. Maybe they've done so. It doesn't matter because that's doesn't not the matter. rules of the law and it has to follow the rules of the law. And who cares what they think because ultimately a lawyer is going to be your best bet to protect yourself. So for everyone out there, if you're ever in that situation, there's only one word you need to say. Lawyer. Nothing. Oh, yes. <laughs> Nothing. Um, a lawyer is like, so, someone said this to me once and I'm not going to say it as well so you might cut this, but a lawyer is like a buffer between you and the law. Yeah, totally. I mean, I guess that's obvious, but like... It like, is. <sighs> yeah, because they know the law far more than you do. And like you could... Once you have a lawyer and you could say some stuff or you're getting in, interviewed, investigated, you do your best and let the lawyer clean up what mm-hmm. wasn't the best thing to say. Right. Yeah. Um. So, and I'm not, this is not legal advice, just insights and thoughts. <laughs> that was a good, uh, that was a good uh, disclaimer. Good job. Um, and so this last one that we have relates to this. And, and I had never heard of this, but I was um, another producer and friend that I work with, Brandon, was listening to the episode and he called me, he said, love the episode. He said, I think a really interesting conversation for you guys to do on a bonus episode would be something called Fruit of the Poisonous Tree. I was like, what the fuck is that? Never heard of it. And he said it has to do with, so if you recall at the end of the episode, you know, we don't know what happens to Caitlin because her trial hasn't occurred yet because the lawyers kept, her lawyers kept um, submitting documents trying to get all the information 
from May 12th when she was brought in on the Botox thingy, mm-hmm. thrown out. And Brandon said, "There's this is some this is a uh, a rule or law or something." He said, "Look it up." that has to do with that. And I had never heard of it. I had, n- I had no idea. I almost just said a word that I think the first time re- we recorded, Brandon said, you need to say your words correctly. Because uh, you said a, something or a law or a statuette <laughs> is what I wanted to say. Okay, but why were they trying? And I remember, but maybe in case listeners do not remember. Mm-hmm. And isn't that correct, statuette? I'm sorry, I can't stop laughing about that. You're right. In one of the first episodes we ever recorded, you said a law or st- I think you said or statuette statuette oh, Brandon yeah. it's statuette. said a statuette is a small statue <laughs> oh I and love he, a statuette I don't like a statuette and he said you guys are intelligent women make sure that you say your words correctly and I was like duh of course but sometimes we're going to say things wrong in the moment I don't know how to pronounce everything perfectly but yes I think you're right I think statuette statuette mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not statuette that sounds like a ballet position. It does. Okay, but let's go back to the thing. Mm-hmm. You had said the lawyers, when they brought uh, her in, Caitlin in with Caitlin with a K, when they brought Caitlin with a K in on May 12th on the uh, Botox thing, they the lawyers tried to get everything from that period to a specific period thrown out because of why? Let's remind the listeners. Because she asked for a lawyer or asked if she needed a lawyer, apparently, and said she thinks she does need a lawyer, which is not exactly saying, give me a lawyer, but still. And um, and she asked to leave multiple times, and they wouldn't allow her to leave. And ultimately, she was allowed to leave because of a technicality. They entered her birthday wrong. That's what it is And it to didn't me. match the birthday that was in on the warrant or something like that. But... When they brought her in, was she under arrest? Because if she was under arrest, the word lawyer, she doesn't even have to ask for a lawyer. They, I don't really know, so I shouldn't she say She was more. not under arrest. I believe she was brought in for questioning. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so the, the so that technicality is, though. Whoa. Yeah. And that, that was it. Because of the technicality, they thought all of this should be let go. And so uh, apparently this fruit of the poisonous tree relates to that. And I'm going to do my best Again, this is similar to the shell casing thing. I went down a rabbit hole of like, shit, I found a definition that I was like, well, I have to look up four of these words to understand this definition, whatnot. So I'm going to I'm gonna do the best I can to explain it briefly, but we're not going to get too deep into it because honestly, I'm not a lawyer. This goes a bit above my, um, you know, Well, and head. listeners, give us feedback or insights or yeah, questions if, or, or maybe lawyers, a, yeah, lawyer a, listeners. Exactly. Maybe there's a lawyer listening who could send us... Um, who could send us, I'm going to say this, I'm going to do this tonight, um, make a, uh, yeah, it takes two minutes, I'm going to do it tonight, a Google Voice number for us, mm. where people can call and leave messages. So if there are any lawyers listening, or any people who know lawyers who are familiar with this, you could call in, leave us a voicemail, we'll play it on an upcoming episode, tell us what this means, because I probably won't explain this well, but I'm going to do my best. So mm-hmm. fruit of the poisonous tree. Fruit of the poisonous tree doctrine is a rule that makes evidence that was obtained illegally inadmissible in court. It was established in 1920 and acts to prevent law enforcement agencies from using illegal methods of gathering evidence. Okay, that was actually pretty straightforward. That makes sense. Um, but also the technicality was an administrative uh, error, so it wasn't illegal evidence, right? The birthday error right but some might say that it 
it makes that whole gathering, that whole question. Because that's illegal. not her true birthday. Right. So, so she was allowed to go on a technicality, but the fact that she was, when she supposedly asked for a lawyer, asked to leave, she wasn't under arrest. So they should have said, okay, we'll get you a lawyer or okay, yes, you can leave. And they didn't. So all of this kind of falls under the gray area of not illegal, but not totally legal, I not, think. Not following the law. Right. So um, it, it, it the, the fruit of the poisonous tree extends the, here, here we're getting into the words I don't know, extends the exclusionary rule to make evidence inadmissible in court if it was derived from evidence that was illegally obtained. So technically that, that, interrogation on May 12th the her lawyers are saying this was kind of an illegal interrogation or not fully legal interrogation right so anything they learned in that you know she denied uh, I think driving in the neighborhood even though they had footage and stuff like that so that's all they're saying that's all illegal Um, but this explains why it's called fruit of the poisonous tree which I thought was cool as the metaphor suggests if the evidential tree is tainted, then so is the fruit. Hmm. And it's tainted because she because she wasn't granted a lawyer. And I get it was kind of gray. She didn't say, I want a lawyer, but right. I think I should have. That's close enough. Right. Still maybe gray, but yeah, that's why it maybe falls under this yep. fruit of the poisonous tree. Yeah. yeah. It says the rule typically bars even testimonial evidence resulting from excludable evidence such as a confession. So they're saying everything in that May 12th interrogation is excludable. It shouldn't be included and and that's it. So and that might change the course of the of the trial. Exactly. Take it out of all the reports then yeah, the yeah. investigation blah blah blah. Yeah. yeah. Plus the the people the detectives who interrogated her at that time um you know some of the things i read and i can't remember if i said this in the episode or not like they were talking about you know her behavior and her demeanor and she was nervous and, and standoffish and wouldn't answer questions directly they can all uh, unless this is deemed inadmissible they can say that in court which just it just adds to that picture of guilt for her um and so that so the, so that's why the trial it was supposed to happen it didn't because the lawyers were submitting paperwork that pretty much that really relates heavily to this fruit of the poisonous tree. Did they end up not including it, dismissing it? Um, no. Remember the the judge. Said, I know it's like a whole new story for me. I can't recall. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the judge said, um, "I disagree. We're letting it all in, um, but it it did hold up." because of all these pre-trial hearings, the actual trial didn't happen, right. got postponed, and then that judge retired. And so now a new judge has to be assigned to the case. Now, once she was brought in for questioning, that was, and you're going to have to cut this, I really want to know though, mm-hmm. was that after she fled and they caught her? Okay, it also gave her time to flee. After she left on May, tw- after that May 12th questioning, she very quickly then sold her Jeep <coughs> bought a plane ticket and fled. It was like that May helped. 12th was the questioning. May 16th, she was on her way to LaGuardia. That helped, quote unquote, helped her get some time and space to do whatever well, she was going to do. And I'm assuming that that also per- plays a part in this, that, that that's the case that, people, that the prosecution is going to make. They brought her in for questioning on May 12th. Five days later, she was out of the country. Why? I mean, so... 
that that makes sense. Well, listen to the episode if you want to know why. Yeah, exactly. So that is, um, this was a brief one, but I do think sometimes the fact checks, we just like to like chit chat with each other and they get a little long. So we're trying to keep them a little more concise. But that is, that is our episode three lookup list. And thank you for listening. Henry is now barking at me to go out. So this is perfect timing. Um, Send us your questions, your insights, your thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. And also, please, 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 if you are enjoying the podcast or if you're not enjoying it, quite honestly, because we'll take it both, please leave us an Apple review um, or send us a DM, an email. And after tonight, hopefully leave us a voicemail. Maybe we'll play it on the podcast. And or a Spotify review. And or I don't. Can you leave reviews on Spotify? Yeah, you can star it. Oh, you can start. Yeah, leave yeah. us a review on Spotify. And if you want um, even more bonus content from us, join our Patreon. Um, these bonus episodes are free through for one more episode, and then we're going to start putting them only on Patreon. Um, and we appreciate your support wherever you listen, however you listen. Thank you so much. Um, Happy New Year. And... Uh, Definitely tune in to Monday's episode. It is a good one. And then we will uh, we'll talk to you soon. Night, night. Bye. Bye. Bye.